0: Like I said, uh, this is an episode people have been really, really pumped for. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to dive into it. So let's just jump into Chiluminati episode 11. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, this is a. I, I think we've been getting requests for this episode. And again, Jesse, you don't know what it is yet, but uh, we've been getting requests. I have no clue. I know, but we've been getting requests for this episode since episode one. So this, this has been is, something. This
1: people is have been one looking of those. This is while. one of those stories. This is like. Yeah, one of the ones
0: that's in oh, every book. Like
2: prime. Yeah, this is like this is like prime lore for extraterrestrials and paranormal. Oh stuff man, then. this is
0: a, this is an episode, Jesse, where the the explanations range from scientific to aliens. <laughs> I can't wait! <laughs> it's be I'm great. so excited. But but before we dive in,
2: we got a shill. We got a shirt. Everybody, go over to the Yeti.com. Uh, to it's such a good shirt. It's here's the real shirt. truth. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show for you guys. This is one of those shirts you can wear out in public and people will be like, "Damn, that's a cool person and it's probably part of the Illuminati." So, it, you don't even need to say it's from a podcast. Yeah. You can just put it on your body and people will rub you. Yep. They'll rub all over you like, "Oh my god, this shirt is made of high-quality fabrics and glows in the dark." I was going to say shit. At night when it glows in the dark,
0: you're going to get two times the rubbings.
2: Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's two times the rubbings. We and <laughs> our lawyers advise us to say we take no responsibility for your rub. Yeah, but, but if, if we play
0: our cards right,
1: we might be the next supreme. We might just transcend our, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we might just transcend this podcast altogether and just become like a countercultural icon. And you could be in on the ground floor with this shirt. That's the we first get... official piece of merchandise to feature this logo.
0: You absolutely should grab it. And I'm already looking into uh, like stickers and hoodies and snapback hats just because the logo is so fucking good. And it goes on everything really well, so I would, I would, I would, I would, I would cop a hat. I would, I would sport that. Yeah, me too. Um, I'd cop a Kawasaki. I'd cop uh, two times the rubbings with the glow in the dark. Two times the rubbings. And two times the rubbings. <laughs> mm, two, times the rubbings. <laughs> mm, two times the rubbings with the chilum shirt at night. Oh boy,
2: mm, <laughs> try it at <laughs> night.
0: <laughs> all right, Jesse. I'm gonna say this, and you're immediately gonna know what we're talking about. But this episode, episode 11, is all about the the incident from 1959 Soviet Union the
2: what? the Dyatlov
0: Pass incident
2: yeah oh they made a game about this they did Uh, colot, actually yeah, is what the, yep, yeah. yep they did i played through colot i know as well. exactly what, this all right y'all y'all where we are about to go right now on this episode yes is going to twist your mind around are you a believer yes. in this you're going to be like so messed up by the end of this because it does, none of this makes sense, it, and it's fascinating. Are you convinced? Right. That, right. Paranormal so activity in this one, is that what I'm so hearing?
0: There, there's, there's, this is so. This, this is what's so great about this particular topic is that it's something that actually happened, and that the evidence that they found and everything, uh, all the, all the circumstantial stuff that they found around the people that ended up dying, and it uh, lead to nothing. Like at, even to this day,
2: don't spoil it. They don't Don't know. spoil that stuff. All right. Don't spoil no, we're that gonna stuff. get to it. So, Alex, do you not know this story? I know this story. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, just for people who want to read
0: along and go with me, the book I used mostly for research in this one is called Dead Mountain, uh, The Untold True Story of the Dyatlov Pass Incident. It's by Donnie Eicher, who is a uh, known documentarian. He makes a bunch of documentaries. He actually made one about this as well, if you want to go watch that, as well as your typical random research and stuff on the internet that I go and do. Um, However, we're going to be covering just the highlights, so if you want the in depth stuff, I always recommend going to grab the book and uh, just really diving into just the nonsense that this was. But our story is and takes place in the winter of 1959, where a group of initially 10, but ended up being nine, seven men and two women, young skiing enthusiasts from the Ural. Polytechnical Institute in Russia, now known as the Ural Federal University, came together to hike through the northern Ural Mountains in the Soviet Union uh, between uh, the dates of February 1st and February 2nd. Which is uh, specifically those two dates were when they passed through this area that they ended up uh, getting lost in and dying in. After setting up camp on the slopes of Kolotsiel, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher. A lot of names here, just be weary. I am not good with Russian <laughs> in any way. Um, but what what's interesting is that they set up camps on the slopes of Kollotsikel, and that name, is uh, it indi- from the indigenous language of the people that live there, directly translates into something along the lines of do not go there.
1: Like get the fuck out of here. Pass. That is
0: Kollotsikel means do not go there. Uh, other people translate it to Death Mountain. Um, but somewhere along basically no matter how you translate it, it basically says just don't don't why would you go there let me ask you a question
1: let me ask you a question Is this a place that people went a lot or is this like nine
0: crazy people just like walked into the wilderness so uh, it's so hiking trails and, and mountain climbing and all that stuff is graded uh, from usually like a b or c one two or three three being the most difficult uh, this was a graded uh, a three this area so only the most experienced of climbers and skiers and mountaineers would ever attempt this place and there is a path there that the indigenous people did travel but for the most part people did not go there and were these Uh,
1: were these those people though were these like the people that are going to take the three in stride
0: so these people here the the people that we're talking about that ended up dying they were ranked grade two and uh, we're going to get to all that here in a minute uh, as to what their ranking was and, and how uh, seasoned they were as far as Mountaineers and all That's that other stuff. That's why they don't
2: go up so. the ranks. And, and, and let's be very clear. Currently, right now, it is a big tourist attraction this area. Yes. Because of this. So it isn't Because like, of this? Yep. I don't know if it's because of this, but possibly. But I know right now, currently, as of us talking, for many years, at yeah. least a decade or two, it has been a really popular tourist attraction. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's where they
0: ended up setting up camp, and that's where they ended up resting for the night. Something would send them into a panic and send them off running from their camp into the middle, in the middle of the night into the wilderness. And their bodies, all of them, uh, would not be found for two months after they went missing. Uh, some were found a little earlier. Others were found when uh, Spring Melt came around. And we'll talk all about what that was. All of them were found roughly about a mile away from where their initial campsite was set up. All nine had died, six from hypothermia, and three from serious physical trauma, uh, which we will cover as we go. And the area that they hiked would be retroactively renamed to the Dietlov Pass, named after the leader of the now-dead hikers, Igor Dietlov. So that's just the general rundown of what we're going to cover here. Uh, And again, we'll mostly be covering highlights. In-depth stuff could take forever to go through. Um, and I don't know if this is really uh, it's a just more forensic Yeah. Through. Yeah. It's not something we want to spend more than like an episode on. So let's talk first about the group, who these people were. Were they really even experienced enough to be doing what they were doing? And then we'll talk about the event. So this group of Mountaineers were not amateurs, as people would initially uh, suspect. they were actually incredibly experienced skiers and hikers. They were considered a grade two and upon uh, completing this particular hike, they would end up uh, that they ended up dying in. If they got back alive, they were going to be uh, awarded what is known as grade three, which is as far as I could tell in what I could research, uh, if not the highest, one of the highest gradings you could have as somebody who does this as an enthusi- enthusiast. So this was um,
1: actually like their
0: prestige challenge. Correct. Uh, the group of them were made. All came from the same college. Some of them were, had just recently graduated. Other them were almost graduating. Um, and this is basically this was their obsession. They loved skiing and hiking and being mountaineers. This is something they've been doing for many, 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 many years. Huh. Uh, and they have they had they had trekked across very dangerous uh, things like uh, a lot of um, ice, thin ice, lakes and such. They were not inexperienced. Is, is the point. Right. So uh, suffice to say, this is not something they were new at. The group had actually spent many months prepping for this trip in particular, doing research, ensuring they had the right gear for it, food preparations, medical preparations, all the things needed. So this also wasn't something that they kind of did on a whim either, uh, as experienced as they were. There was also not nine of them initially. There were 10. The 10th member uh, was named Yuri, and uh, he actually had to turn back after the very first day when they set out Due to a heart condition and other ailments that he was suffering. Um, But because of that, he ended up surviving. And he would be interviewed later on after the incident. And he recalls that uh, one of the things that he actually recalled in an interview uh, as part of all of this was that before they had officially set out, one of the native folks who lived in the area was actually having a conversation with the lead hiker Igor and continually warned him, do not go out there. Uh, but Igor never listened, and obviously they they proceeded uh, on their own accord. I can't imagine just sidetracking, being like these hikers and uh, knowing the name of the area you're going to is like Death Mountain or Do Not Go There. And then you have these native people being like, you definitely shouldn't go there, dude. Like, don't do it. And then being like, mm, fuck it, we're going anyway. Are
1: we sure this dude Yuri wasn't just like, yo, let's leave and they were like no and he was like <laughs> i have a stomach well, ache. i
2: i have something i want to read you guys when we're done oh okay i'm excited that relates to this when we're done with the main story apparently there's no evidence that this is true one of the climbers kept a diary and they have the information on that
0: yeah uh i would be curious yeah um because they they all there was a ton of diaries and journals found amongst the evidence uh, and, and whatnot. That's actually how we uh, were able to even track how they got to where they were, and in, in the and tr- the routes that they actually took. Because they even before they they left for their trip, they were taking notes in their journals and all this other stuff. So these um, diaries
1: are legit, probably is what
0: you're yes, saying. Yes, the the diaries at the very least are are legit. Damn, I thought um, you
1: were going to say that you were going to read us like a poem that you wrote about this, like
0: in high school. <laughs> yeah. It was like his senior English, yeah, I like wrote a poem. <laughs> Oh, oh, I want to know what that poem would be like. Damn it. All right. All right. All right. So on January 27th, 1959, they would start their journey from the small village of Vizhai. And it was on January 28th that Yuri, the 10th member, would turn back due to severe knee and joint pain that made him unable to push onward. Yeah, right, Yuri. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I heard him saying the, the
1: guide was like. Turn back! Do not go this way! And then suddenly my knee started hurting, so I came back. <laughs> the day after, he's yeah. like, Phew.
0: ooh, oh, I just mm. ah, do you hear that creaking? I just remembered I hurt my knee. Oh yep, shit! Yep, my my knee just cracked. I gotta uh, listen, Igor. You're a good dude. Uh, I like you a lot. You know when we had that cookout a couple weeks ago? Yeah. It was really great. Plus, but, it smells uh, I,
1: I all monstery. It smells
0: <laughs> like a monster's piss. <laughs> Oh, right. Russian accents. That's something I cannot do. So I'll rely on you. Um, So uh, other than him turning back, being the 10th member, it's also important to note, uh, we know a lot of the information that we do because the hikers had, like, like Jesse and I were saying a minute ago, they had journals and they wrote and kept them pretty updated regularly, as well as cameras, which would allow investigators and researchers to accurately track their path through the mountains. They had photographs that they were taking in real time of their expedition. Yeah, have you never have you seen any of those photos? No, I've
2: never actually looked into that. Oh, you should, so, dude. Good, Jesse. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, no, there was a um, a special. I don't know if it was National Geographic or something. There was a special that was done years ago that was about uh, this incident, and they had photos. They found photos, and one of the photos, I, who knows exactly what it is. And maybe online you can find this, but one of the photos. It, it it has what appears to be, according to people who are in this world, maybe an abominable snowman. This is, this maybe. is an
1: entirely new side of you,
2: Jesse. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't believe it, but I'm fascinated by the story because there's no answers. We know right. nothing. Yeah. I, right? Like that's why I'm hesitant to say abominable snowman, because I don't But what they did find, which I think is fascinating, is there's there's a notation that they found uh on some of on, on something they had written on i don't remember it's been a while since i've seen this and it said like now we know the and then it was like scratched is real see what's
0: what? also uh, interesting We well, 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 we're gonna get to all the theories uh obviously later in the episode but what's also interesting when you say about the abominable Snowman man and the yeti is that in december the month following or uh a few months following rather after they they, they went on their trip Oh no, it was the month before. Sorry. December, the month before they went on their trip, a senator had wrote, written a uh, a memo or or something that had gotten sent off that's that directly talks about if you run into a yeti, how to deal with it in that area
2: specifically. And that's a thing that's real and happened. <laughs> yeah, like like I don't I don't know that I feel like a lot of this is people trying to Come up with solutions, Mm -hmm. or trying to put their theories into what happened here. Because yeah, we're gonna get into some crazy stuff that that people, everyone has a reason why things happen. But it's it's strange to me that there's the situation here is so insane that they can't. I don't know. I have no. I have not a clue what happened, and that's what's fascinating. Not all the theories about what, like, oh, it was aliens, or it was a secret military experiment, or whatever. That, whatever. But the mystery is what's fascinating to me. Yeah, especially when we talk about how the
0: bodies were found and uh, where they were. That, that's that's the part that's like, what happened? Um, Okay, so they all had cameras. Also, did you ever see the uh, the last picture that was found on the cameras? I got of just a fucking pictures so yeah you should just google it man yeah you can i'm google on it, it. It's, it's really easy uh the very last photo that was found on one of their cameras was just of a weird bright light in the middle of the darkness that's it that's all it was there's no no figure you can't see a figure it is just a, a weird bright light uh that is unidentifiable and that was the last exposure or whatever that the camera had taken uh before they ended up dying this is which crazy. is crazy yeah, this, this, this incident is something I've researched many times over the years just because it's so fascinating. Um, okay, so, again, journals, photos are the reasons that we were able to even figure out where they went and, and how things were and how they prepared and, and such. Um, and on January 31st, the young mountaineers stopped at the edge of a highland area and started to prep for climbing. The next day, the group began to move through the area that would claim their lives. From what we can tell, it looks as though the group had initially planned to go over the pass and camp uh, for the following night on the other side. But due to some really nasty uh, weather and a snowstorm and very poor visibility, uh, they ended up losing their direction and actually headed west toward Kolat Siachil instead of the initial path that they were intentionally trying to take.
1: How off was was that?
0: uh, They were off by about a, a mile and a half or so. Um, from, from from memory, because I didn't write down exactly how off they were, but they right. were off enough where tracking back was, was going to be difficult. Got it. Uh, they actually did initially realize their mistake, however, and decided to stop and set up camp on this slope instead of attempting to go back a mile downhill to the tree line where there was a forested area where they would have had better shelter and uh, just generally would have been much safer down there. But they did not do that. Uh, for whatever reason. We don't really know why they decided not to go down a mile and, and go to somewhere that was way safer. Uh, but the one that, that ended up turning back, Yuri, uh, his best guess was uh, to say that Igor didn't want to lose any of the progress that they had already made and that they just decided to tough it out for the night at the base of the slope and then just pick up tomorrow morning and readjust and correct course for how off they were uh, on their initial plannings.
1: So they just totally screwed up right out the gate.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. On day two, the weather basically fucked them, and they were off. They were off course instantly. Uh, however, who knows if if that even mattered? You know, like we don't know. We don't know if that's the reason they they encountered what they encountered or what. It's just, it's just something interesting to to keep keep in mind. Uh, the plan actually was that once Igor and his crew. Uh, got to where they were supposed to go, they would telegraph back on February 12th that they had made it to their destination. But of course, that telegraph never came. And on February 26th, the search and rescue team that had been out looking for them uh, starting on the 20th found their abandoned and destroyed tent that had been torn and ripped to shreds from the inside with all the group's belongings, shoes, uh, gear, clothing, left behind in that tent. And this is where the weirdness begins. From the so inside? That night, yes. So wh- the the evidence shows that the, the tent had been cut and ripped from the inside out, not from the outside in. And they, they left in such a hurry and such a panic that they left shoes and gear and food and all that stuff in their tent. What the heck? fuck?
2: Right? (laughs) Yeah, dude, get ready. It gets even crazier.
0: So the question is, what the hell happened? When the camp was found, it immediately set off red flags. As I said, the tent that they were staying in had been ripped and cut through from the inside where they were sleeping. And as I had noted before, shoes and all kinds of gear was left in that tent as the nine of them went running toward the tree line about a mile down. Whatever had happened that set them into pure panic... Uh, made sure, uh did not give them enough time to get their gear and stuff in order. And all of this was taking place in the middle of the night, somewhere between negative 24 and negative, I mean, negative 25 and negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. That's how cold it was. And they ran out in their underwear and no shoes. So if they
1: laid down, if they just by choice decided to lay down in the snow, how long would it take for them to... That's a good question. Minutes. Yeah, minutes?
2: minutes. They'd be dead in minutes. Yeah. Huh.
0: Um... The tracks that the skiers had led, uh, right down to the tree line that we talked about a little earlier, however, after about 1,600 feet, the tracks ended up disappearing. Uh, However, that's likely due to weather having whipping up some snow and covering part of the tracks and stuff, but something to note. And the very first bodies discovered were two of them under a very large pine tree at the edge of this tree line. The two that were found were Doroshenko and uh, as well as the remnants of a campfire. So the two of them, at the very least, were able to start a campfire where they were. Uh, the two bodies were shoeless and dressed in only their underwear. Branches from the large tr- uh, pine tree were broken up to five meters high, suggesting that at least one of them had attempted or maybe even success- successfully climbed that tree to maybe look for something Uh, People posit that that whoever was climbing it was maybe trying to get a vantage point to see the tent and see the camp that they had come from. Um, But obviously we don't know. But the fact that those two bodies were missing everything other than their underwear is interesting. Because it means they lived for that mile walk from their campsite to this tree line and were able to get a campfire going. So they they ran just a little bit away, but
1: it was so fucked up weather-wise... It was a one mile, one mile away. Yeah, that yeah. they that they couldn't even figure out how to get back. So they just were so lost that they decided to just like sit down and start a fire.
0: Start a fire, I guess. Yeah, we don't know why they did what they did, obviously. Um, but they but didn't, yeah, they, I they mean, did,
1: how far how far apart were they? Because they were you said they were all about a mile from the camp, right?
0: So those two bodies were found together under the large pine tree about a mile away from the camp on the tree line that they refused to walk back down and camp under for the night. And you said earlier that the rest of them were all found about a mile away as well? Yeah, we're going to get to where they were all found
2: uh, here in a minute, actually. Damn. So between the campsite and but that- But also, also, let's be very clear. Yeah. There is zero evidence whatsoever that they were... Forcibly removed. Correct. That there are any other footprints besides their footprints. There is... Nothing else was found. So whatever happened, they did this on their own accord. They did this by themselves. Yep.
0: So they
1: they're, just they're, so they
0: just got up and left. In a hurry. Like, again, they, they freaking cut their way out of their tent. And they all did this. Yes. All of them. None of them were at the campsite when they were found. Not a single one of them. So is it... Is it
1: possible that something got in the tent... And then they just all were like, whoa, and just like ran away. And
0: then they all got lost. I mean, possibly. But as Jesse said, there was no other footprints or tracks. Right. Like, than no like
1: Big Bear or something like that. And be-
0: But the the other, yeah, exactly. But the other thing that, that's interesting, again, is that after from the campsite to the pine tree, 1,600 feet about after uh, their tracks disappeared just due to weather covering it. So again, you there could have been tracks of something else that were just covered with uh from from weather kicking snow over it in the, in the, in the and light.
2: another crazy thing and i don't know if you mentioned this uh the idea that at that campsite there were branches and stuff above where they were camped that were broken mm-hmm. and they don't know if that was they broke them to use for the wood for the fire yeah or if they were broken because they were trying to climb up the tree
0: yeah that's uh, that got, uh, actually yeah that's what i said just a minute ago about five meters up the tree had broken in the cam- limbs and stuff in the
2: camp I'm, no, no. Uh, where where they found the bodies? Right. Where they're trying to make the fire. Uh-huh. the The theory isn't just that like they took that to make the fire. The theory is also possibly they were trying to climb the tree at some point. Like, yep.
0: Uh, yeah. I said. I, like I said, uh, they were trying to. The, the, they were positing that maybe they were trying to see their campsite from the tree. Somebody climbed the tree to see if they could see their camp from there or something. Right. But we don't know. We don't know what they were doing. But yeah, cl- it, it's possible that somebody was climbing that tree. So where were the other bodies? So, uh, actually, three other bodies were found between the pine tree and the campsite. Um, the bodies uh, belonging to Kolmogorova, Slabodin, and the leader of the group, Igor Dyatlov. Uh These guys were found between the camp and the tree line, and the way their bodies were positioned uh, when they were found suggests that those three were attempting to return to the campsite that they had just run from.
1: So it looked like they maybe left from the fire
0: to try and yes. get back, or or at least they they left from the tree line. But yeah, we don't we don't know if they were at that campfire or not. There's no way to know. But it was a pretty but direct between, shot. Yeah, basically they were found between, uh, and though and again the way they were positioned suggests that they were on their way back to the campsite from wherever they were. And none of them seemed injured prior to their death. We're, we're going to get to their injuries. I shortly.
1: see. I see. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, However, that was only five and they were nine. It would take over two months to find the remaining four. And it would have to be... uh, And they were found in May after some snow would melt that the other bodies would be discovered approximately four meters under snow in a ravine 75 meters further into the woods past the pine tree. So the other bodies had gone past the pine tree, past the campfire by about 75 meters and were found in a ravine under snow. But
1: still
2: relatively and close. Here's the, and here's the crazy part. They were found wearing the clothes of the other. Literally, that's my next point. <laughs> yeah. Yep. These
0: four were much better dressed and had shown showed signs that they had maybe taken clothes from those who had passed away before they did. One was wearing another's hat and fur coat, while another was uh, wrapped in the pants of somebody else. The other people that they were with?
2: Yes. 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 Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they swapped clothes? Or they no, they just no, took the clothes. They took their clothes. They took the clothes because the theory is that those people were dying or dead, so they took their clothes in order to continue. Right. What on.
1: I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm I guess what I'm asking
2: is, the people that were naked, that was their clothes? Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. Got it. But, but it, again, none of it explains why none of them had like, their shoes and st- – like, they were not prepared for any of this. Yes. Most and them rather them. than go back to the camp, they just took the clothes of the people that were there in front of them and kept going. I wonder right. if they, they, were just, I wonder if they just, like,
1: went crazy. I wonder if they just, like,
0: started doing crazy shit if they – were... Well, that's a theory. Really? But yeah, well, there's a bunch of theories that they actually just kind of lost their minds, weather, that kind of thing. But, again, something we'll, – we will, we will address in, in, in a very short amount of time. So how many bodies are we at now? Seven? So we're at five. Nice. Uh, Well, we're actually... Well, after those four, Uh, that's all nine. Okay, so right they there. were all together in the, in the ravine, the other four. They were all relatively... Yeah, the other four were in the ravine, two by the pine tree, and three between the campsite and the pine tree. So all within less than two miles. Yes, all within about two miles of each other. Damn. So not far. Which for
2: now. experienced hikers, I mean, you can you can see how... Just nature slowly killed them yep. over time. Pretty much. So, uh, But there's more. There always is.
0: So uh, shortly after they found the initial five bodies, uh, legal, a legal investigation was launched to fig- try and figure out obviously what happened. Medical exams showed that the first five people uh, that were found had likely died from hypothermia and showed no injuries that would lead them to believe they died from anything else. One of those five did have a fractured skull, however, but nothing that was bad enough that was deemed to be lethal to him. Um, it not even his fractured the... skull. I guess it, it was, was a, like a, it was a minor fracture, a small fracture. I mean, he could have fallen, maybe you know, from from something hit his head on something.
2: Yeah, I think the theory was that they they couldn't tell if it was before or after he, died. he passed out because right. he technically was still technically still alive. Yeah, and so when he fell, he it might have happened like where yeah. It I guess on the, ground. the other
1: thing yeah. is they could just be like. Rag dolls, like right just blowing around once they're dead like who knows
0: what the fuck sure yeah yeah we don't yeah we don't know um so the the, the first five bodies again this is the two by the pine tree and the, the three between the camp and the pine tree all deemed like they died from hypothermia and for the first two months that's what people believed is that the whole they all just died from hypothermia and weather got them etc etc um but it wouldn't be until The discovery of the other four bodies in the ravine that the narrative would significantly change as their injuries could not be and still can't be fully explained. These are the ones in the ravine, like four meters. These are the ones in the ravine. Yep, exactly. Three of the four bodies that were found in the ravine had massive skull damage and two of them had severe chest fractures. Huh. Dr. Boris Vazrazdeni, again, I, I'm butchering names, had stated that the force needed to induce such kinds of damage would have to be extremely high. And then he compared it to something akin to a car crash. That kind of, of pressure would have to have hit them to uh, injure their skulls and, and give them chest fractures.
2: But there's a twist. Such, there's a twist. There's this is a the twist best
0: part. However, there were no outer wounds that correlated with. Any of their fractures whatsoever, suggesting high-level pressure to cause sus- such fractures. Like something in the first
1: like an like elephant standing on you, or something.
2: Yeah, I guess
1: <laughs> yeah, something along what those about, lines. What yeah. about falling what, and into that, a ravine? So that,
2: but there's still, well, no, there's, you would have been—you would have been, you been in lacerations. You would have been cut. Right, right. Well, here's the crazy thing: that's only three of the four bodies. Yeah. three of the four bodies <laughs> are messed up like that. But the fourth body, I'm just let Mathis do this. Yes, but one in the group,
0: Dubanina, uh, she had a bit of a different set of injuries. Dubanina? She was missing du- Dubanina. Dubanina. That is an outrageous name. That's a name. It's a, it's, a, it's a name that I am does. I'm sure I'm pronouncing incorrectly. Any name Dubanit, it's over. <laughs> 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 she had different injuries. She was missing her tongue eyes part of her lips and facial tissue as well as having a fragment of skull bone sticking out like she had skin macerations on her hands and was accordingly and i say this on purpose reportedly found lying face down in a small stream that ran under the snow, and her external injuries were in line with uh, putrefaction in a wet area and were unlikely to be related to her death. However, photos of her body show her kneeling next to a very large boulder nowhere near running water, immediately putting the official report in the photograph at odds. So she's the one that I'm
1: seeing here who's like kind of up against this wall.
0: Yeah, possibly if you're looking at the picture I think you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, I think it. so. Um and, but yeah, the the official report was that she was found facing lying down in in a river, but the photo of her body found says something very different.
1: Interesting. So the competing stories are like she was chewed up by, by a monster or something. Or, or
0: wildlife, maybe, or who knows? Yeah, uh, I know
1: I've heard stories of like wind over time, like when it's like really sharp wind. But if she's face down against the rock, like frozen in snow, four meters under the snow, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but the fact that she's missing her eyes and her tongue, yeah, is so weird.
1: I I would love to know like what the what if that's like a thing that ice does, or if that's like probably like something ate it or what? Yeah.
0: The last bit of of little evidence found on all of their bodies and their clothing specifically, which throws a leather twist into this, is that there was was found to be an abnormal amount of radiation present on their clothing. No way. Correct. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. So I'm just supposed to think – so, like, now, obviously, like, my conspiracy brain is just thinking about, like, some sort of nuclear Siberian snow beast.
2: That's why (laughs) this is so fascinating because – Every time you get a little bit more information, it all it does, doesn't make sense with reality, right? right? Like, everything in this story is, well, you know, this happened, but also this happened. And this happened, but also this happened. And now radiation, right? You throw radiation on anything, and it makes it even crazier. Yeah, I know, I know that, like, the fact
1: that these photos are so old is, like, really a part of why they look so creepy. But yeah. looking at these, they're just so eerie. Like,
0: uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The pictures of their their bodies and stuff and everything is just really, really, really creepy, man. It, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. And how they just, like, stay in the pose that they were found even when they move them because they're, like, frozen. Ugh. Yeah, they're frozen. It's like, it's like the bodies. Have you seen the pictures of the bodies on Everest of those who are left behind and all that? Yeah, like the landmarkers and stuff. Yeah, and there's the bodies themselves and all that. It's, it's really creepy and it's very similar. Um, but there's all kinds of little inconsistencies that we're going to get to now because now we're going to start getting into the theories of what happened um, the, from everything that's that's you know scientific to weather related all the all the way up to fucking aliens because of course potential I don't, aliens
2: I uh I'm going to I'll shut up never mind I I was going to add one other thing that I no, discovered about this but it might relate to the aliens but all right so I think I know you Yeah during this time period there were other skiers I don't or, uh, hikers yeah. I don't know where they were in relation to them you I know about they the were other on rep- the
0: mountain Are you talking about The reported of like Glowing
2: lights and stuff Basically an, another group mm-hmm. This is a group of people Were there at the exact same time Hiking but on like A different side of the mountain Or something And they noticed Lights in the sky mm-hmm. Orange balls Specifically And
1: that's what those, That picture is supposed to be of
2: Oh, uh, of the of the last photo.
0: Who knows? Uh, again, people have said that that's what that is, but we again we don't know. We don't know when that picture was taken either. We don't know if that was taken that night or another night because there was right. We are we, not sure. There's not a definite um, record on. World but Bowl. again,
2: the 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 thing about that then, of course, because none of these things are as simple as it seems. Of course, it the people that were on the mountain at the same time were not in the initial report. It was, like, years later they came forward and were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we were on the mountain, we saw lights. Yep, So that could just be opportunists. Yep. So you never you never know. Um, but those
0: orange lights will not only come into effect with the aliens, but something a little bit more, in my opinion, believable, that's a little bit more based in reality. But we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, so just to go over everything, journalists uh, were reporting specifically on things like uh, the hypothermia. There was uh, no indications of, like, uh of, of, of fighting or anything like that. Uh, one of the initial, I think, theories that was a bit of posited forward is that the indigenous people living nearby attacked and killed them all, but that's kind of, again, with, with no footprints other than the hikers, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, that there's no evidence uh, that they were attacked by a group of other people. Uh, we have no idea. How far did you say the um, footprints went away from the camp again? 1,600 feet before they disappeared.
1: Huh. So they, they went a decent distance out. And then everywhere leading up to where they were found, no tracks at all. Correct. Huh. Not even
0: like, well, I guess maybe the snow fell on it? Question mark? Well, that's the other thing, right? Like the idea that the tracks only went 1,600 feet before they ended up disappearing indicates that weather and winds and snow kicking up cover their tracks. So it's possible that if there were other tracks from other things, whether they be people or creatures or whatever, uh, the weather could have covered them up over time. But, again... Who fucking knows. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, and that's what's so interesting and, and bizarre about this whole thing. Um, another little kind of piece of anecdotal evidence as well, or, and, and it, evidence might be a strong word, but there was also a, a young kid. Uh, was he 13? Uh, hang on, let me look at my notes. Uh, 12. He was 12 years old, um, that his name was Yuri as well, who attended the funeral for five of the hikers. And he, he says he remembers their skin looking a deep brown tan for what that's worth. Deep um, brown tan, is that then, consistent with freezing to death? I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. I would have, I, I, I didn't go that deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. Possibly hypothermia, maybe? Yeah, that'd be my guess. Again, that's something that that makes sense. And then my next note, actually, uh, is what Jesse said, is that the other group of hikers, they say they were about 31 miles south of the incident. Say they saw strange orange spheres in the sky to the north of them on the night of the incident. Uh, The spheres were said to be seen in uh, Evdel, I think that's how you say it, next to uh, places that um, during the... Next to areas continually during the period from February to March of 1959. So uh, between March and February or February and March of that year, spheres were continually being seen. Not necessarily every night, but it wasn't just a one night occurrence that spheres were being seen pretty regularly in that month. Um, and that's, that's not just by that group of hikers, but other independent witnesses, including meteorology services and the military themselves. So those orange spheres, Jesse, that, that those, you talk about those campers, were backed up by meteorology and military. Interesting. So they were happening. Um, but they were not known in the initial investigation. They were and various happening. And various independent witnesses only came forward, like you said, a few years just,
1: just the fact that there were reports was is what's happened. like right they weren't confirmed as a specific type of activity right uh what do you like, mean like the reports are just verified as being legit of the time right
0: it's not like they know what caused the orbs right 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 but the, but the orbs were yeah correct we don't know what caused the orbs however it was uh 100% uh, confirmed by military and so on that those orbs were around for whatever and is that supposed to connect to the to the skin no, that, that's more going to connect to a couple of theories later okay, on. Okay, I see. Actually. Uh, but it is important because it's, it's just something to keep in note. We're actually going to get into the theories now uh, of what we think happened. Uh, kind of starting with uh, the most plausible or, or the most plausible is a little bit of a, a strong word, but something more grounded in reality and getting a little weirder and weirder and weirder as we go on. And the first one that uh, that was put forward and the one that was kind of written away pretty quickly is the avalanche theory, uh, that the avalanche caused the hikers to die, uh, while initially popular, ha- has been since questioned, reviewing the sensationalist Yeti hypothesis. Um, American skeptic, his name was Benjamin Radford, suggests is more plausible. So he's thinking that this, this guy, Benjamin Radford, says avalanche probably didn't happen. The Yeti is much more plausible. Who is than, this guy? What is this avalanche? guy's credentials? Uh, his country. Uh, good God. wizard! I, I did not. I did not know his mayor credentials. Of Crazy Town Mountain. Uh, let's see if I can find him real quick.
1: Oh, definitely the Yeti. Uh, it's more consistent with the confirmed Yeti attack that we had.
0: <laughs> uh, Benjamin Radford. Here's his wiki page. Uh, American writer, investigator, and skeptic. He has authored, co-authored, and contributed to over 20 books and written over 1,000 articles and columns on a wide variety of topics, including urban legends, unexplained mysteries, the paranormal, critical thinking, mass hysteria, and media literacy. His book, oh. Mysterious New Mexico, Miracles, Magic, and Monsters in the Land of Enchantment, was published in the summer of 2014 and is a scientific investigation of famous legends. Uh-huh. Oh, this guy is
2: saying that it wasn't a Yeti. Oh, did I did I write that did I write that note down incorrectly? I thought he said it was. My bad. Oh, I have no clue. I'm just looking him up, and it says that he he said that it wasn't a yeti; that it was most likely an avalanche. He thinks it was an. Uh, oh, here's where I took the note from. Uh, the theory that an avalanche caused the hiker's
0: death, while initially popular, has been questioned. Reviewing the sensationalist yeti hypothesis, American skeptic author Benjamin Radford suggests as more plausible. Uh, and then he has a quote that the group woke up in a panic and cut away their tents, either because of an avalanche had covered the entrance of to their tent or because they were scared that an avalanche was imminent. OK, yeah, you're correct. I, I misunderstood what I was taking down as a note. My bad. Uh, he does believe that the avalanche is yeah, more you made plausible. made him sound like a
2: scientist guy. And I was like, I don't know that he's like, yeah, so yet he must be true. <laughs> um, however, the the avalanche theory has... Points that contradict that
0: it actually happened. Um, the location of the incidents, for one, did not have any obvious signs that an avalanche actually happened at all. Um, an avalanche would have left patterns and debris distributed over a wide area. However, the bodies found within the ten days of the event uh, were covered with a very shallow layer of snow, and had then uh, and had there been. Had there been an avalanche of sufficient strength to sweep away the second party, these bodies would have been swept away as so well. So the naked, this so the naked
1: have... tree people were only found 10 days later, huh?
0: And yeah. So they'd be able to tell if there was a huge avalanche there. Yeah. Damn. Um, also, over 100 expeditions to the region were held since that particular incident, and none of them ever reported conditions that might create an avalanche. And there's a couple of other things as well that, that people, you know, that they say avalanche is unlikely to have been the reason. So what's there now? Uh, in the in the area, I think it's still just a, a hiking. So pass. it's just. I it's think just there's pass. a monument to them. I'm but sure. am like, sure there's a hiking, hiking pass. So it's, yeah, so, yeah.
2: There's, there's no.
1: So you guys are just saying it's popular in the sense that people hike this trail a shitload now.
2: There's many. Yeah, that's like a. It, it's it's a. It was a known hiking trail right. then, and no reports yeah. of
1: lights since then or anything like that. Nope. Huh.
0: Correct. That the, the, huh. the, the well, light. The may-
1: well, Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, the lights were only major. major.
0: The lights were only reported between February and March of 1959.
1: I see. So if it was something, it was something that was, that was unique to that week or whatever. Yeah. Damn. I just want one the, thing to like be right. I want, I want one thing to seem like it <laughs> makes sense. Like To me, it makes sense that they got caught in an avalanche or almost got caught in an avalanche. Basically, their camp got destroyed. And then they had to like figure out what to do. And then they went crazy because it was cold. Yeah, because I know there's something well, about you'd get naked when
0: you when you get too cold, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because you start feeling hot. I yeah, think, it's or like something. you just you like go crazy cold. and
1: you start like taking your clothes off, and then maybe the other yeah. group
0: found those crazy dead people, took their clothes. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's so again, it's impossible to know. I don't know what could have eaten that uh, woman's
1: face. That's like alive in just
0: like pure snowfall. But damn, yeah. Well, the next the next theory. Uh, is one of my favorites. It's basically mini, mini snow tornadoes. What? Um, infrasound specifically. Uh, but another, another theory that was popularized by, by actually the guy that wrote the book that I read, Donnie Eicher, um, is that wind going around that mountain created what is known as a Carman Vortex Street, which basically boiled down is a mini like swirling tornado. It's like knife winds um, that like fuck up your face. No, <laughs> no, it, actually,
2: it, it, it's it's like mental
0: shit. Like yeah, messes it,
2: with your mind
0: and your hearing. Yeah, it produces something known as infrasound, also sometimes known as low frequency sound, uh, which is lower than uh, sound that is lower in frequency than about twenty hertz Whoa. or cycles per second. Um, but basically, the idea in this particular theory is that infrasound is capable of inducing panic. Uh, panic attacks in humans, and according to this guy's theory, the the author of the book, uh, the infrasound generated by the wind as it passed over the top of the Halakhtol Mountains, uh, was responsible for causing physical dis- discomfort and mental distress to the group of of, uh, of mountaineers and such. Uh, He claims that because of their panic, the hikers were driven to leave the tent by whatever means necessary and fled down the slope. And by the time they were further down the hill, they would have been out of the infrasound's path and would have regained their composure. Possibly the reason we see three of them between the camp and the tree and climbing their way back toward the camp because they kind of had gotten their their senses back about them. Um, But the darkness would be so much that returning to shelter would have been fucking impossible without you know their gear that they left all behind at their camp um and they and he also posits that that uh the injuries suffered by three of the victims would have resulted in their stumbling or falling over a ledge into the ravine where they were found so the people who you know had the crushed chest and the cracked skulls and all that was because they fell into the ravine all all of them well, the three yeah. of them that were found in the ravine, yeah. Yeah, that's what he says, is that it's possible. That's like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, like <whistles> <laughs> Just like La! walking into the ravine. <laughs> no, man, it's the it's the Russian dwarves though. You gotta give them like
1: Yo no, like that, like workers workers <laughs> choir singing sad songs as they like tumble knowingly into the <laughs> down to the like, ravine. Lemings.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> oh. um so that that's one. Uh, a lot of people don't necessarily buy that because it, it leaves out a lot of random like the lights and all that stuff. But I, I don't I don't find that particular theory that out of the question. Um, again, it doesn't really explain why the girl was not was found without her tongue and her eyes and missing a piece of her lip and a skull piece of her skull sticking out of her fucking face.
1: But they all um, had skull fractures, right? Well, one had
0: a fractured skull and she had a a fragment of the skull. That's it.
2: I mean, it could just be like scavengers, like yeah. animals, or who knows? Yeah, again, we know the,
0: yeah, we, we, we don't know. Um, the, the one that I buy the most, however, is the next theory, which is military test theory. And that also would help uh, explain the uh, radiation on their clothing, as well as uh, the weird uh, busted chest and skull fractures without any physical signs of injury. Um, but, sp- at the time, there were a lot of military tests happening in that area that were to be no that were supposed to be super secret. Um, and one of the things that they were testing at that time is something known as parachute mines that was being tested by the Russian military. And these parachute mines would be dropped; a uh, parachute would go out, and the mines would detonate about two meters before they hit the ground, and it would produce. Uh, Similar damage to those experienced by the hikers, with the heavy internal damage, very little external trauma, uh, just the the pressure, it's just of, like a wave the that explosion, blows them, the rips yeah, them yeah, just like boosh, inside, just huh? push them in exactly. Um, they would also explain the the orbs in the sky as well in the vicinity, and also kind of explain why the orbs are only being seen between February and March because they were probably only testing them for that you know short time span, uh, and. It, and the glowing would probably be the minds, either the lights or the explosions themselves happening, especially if you can see them, you know, farther and further away. Um, this theory in particular, when, when thinking about the radiological weapons that they were testing, is partly based on the discovery of radioactivity on their clothes, as well as the bodies being described by relatives as having orange skin and gray hair, uh, which is also something that uh, that some of the bodies seem to have uh, gray hair, orange skin. I wish I knew and also,
1: how much that
0: has to do with being frozen. Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. I mean, who?
0: I don't. I don't know.
2: Well, also keep in mind that this what we're talking about is 1950s Russia. Yeah. And if they oh. did do this testing, it's quite possible that they could have moved the bodies and placed them in a way that's like it leaves open so many questions that no one can ever find the answer. Because they tested an explosion on them. Yep. Nobody knows for sure
1: device. how much longer the other group lived than the original group by the tree,
0: right? Yeah, we don't know the time of death, really. How long, who died yeah. first, that kind we're of literally,
2: thing. We're literally just going off of what the reports said. Yep. And again, reports can be fabricated. So, yep. like, who
0: knows? Man. Who um, knows?
2: It... Talking, about,
0: talking about that, Jesse, specifically, um, the idea of that it being a military test is, like you said, uh, one of the theories that the bodies were moved to position them— uh, another interesting fact that kind of goes along with that is that the photos of the tent that were that that we have uh in the tent being erected show that the tent was apparently erected incorrectly uh and that something that these uh, – something that's something that these these this group of of you know potentially career mountaineers
2: and stuff and the people have been doing it for years well two it. of the guys two of the guy, the main guy uh love or whoever yeah, igor, igor Diatlov. He, he was a, like, m- massively trained skier. Yep. And the other – whoever the oldest one in the group was, his whole thing was, like, he was a – like, this was his field. Like, this is what he wanted to do for a job. Yep. So there's no way he would have – that's why it negates the avalanche theory because there's no way he would have built the tent in the path of an avalanche. Yeah. And so the idea that they don't know how to build a tent is crazy. Uh, yeah, the, the older guy, his
0: name was Alexander Zolotaryov. Uh, and he was getting his ma- he had his master's certificate in in ski and truck instruction and in mountain hiking um but the fact that that the pictures of the tent show that the tent was the tent was incorrectly put up would does doesn't make sense why would these guys who do this all the time do something mess up something so simple as in erecting their tent it just doesn't make any sense so there um, so again that, that that leads into the idea that it's a military test you know, that the military came in, found out they accidentally killed these people or whatever, and staged it to make it look like they just, like, what a, fucking went what crazy. the
1: military be able to put up a tent, too?
0: But if they make it, if it was hurriedly done, or they did it on purpose to make it look like they were amateur hikers or something, right, I mean, Right,
1: just to be like, knows? oh, yeah, these guys don't know how to fucking do a tent, even. Interesting.
0: Yeah, we don't know. Man, well, how do we get to aliens? Oh, well, we're gonna get there in a second. Um, but before we leave... Before we leave the uh, the military thing, the things that are pointing away from the military, or at least the one piece, a big piece of evidence that says maybe it wasn't military, is that the radioactivity that were found on their clothing would have also been found on all of their gear and stuff, but it wasn't. What the the f- the, uh, the radioactivity was only found on them and not not their campsite. Correct. None of their gear had any of the radioactive uh radioactivity dispersal. Um it only was on the hikers and and, and their their stuff and instead of uh, some of their gear did not so have it. So the clothes it. that they were wearing <laughs> at the time that they were found were irradiated. Oh. Yes, okay. correct. Um the skin and hair discoloration uh but can possibly as you said earlier, uh some, one of my notes here says it can be described from just natural mummification over the course of 3 months being buried under snow. That's
1: kind of like what reminds so, like I'm thinking of, like, the man who's, like, the missing link or whatever, who comes out of the mm-hmm. ground that you see in, like, the, like, TV special, and he's always, like, pretty beef jerky-like.
0: <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> uh, one last tiny bit of evidence, however, that, that, um, that, that, again, further pushes into the idea that it was maybe the military is that the Soviet authorities actually suppressed the initial files of the, and their findings of this group's disappearance um, and then people point a lot of people point to that as government co- cover up, uh, but the concealment of the information regarding domestic incidents was standard procedure back then in the USSR, and therefore far from peculiar. And by the late 1980s, all the Dietlav files had been released in some manner or another, but initially they were being suppressed right away. But again, it's that, it's that it's that idea of like they were being suppressed. That's that looks like a cover up, but also it's 1959 USSR, and they were. Suppressing everything. So it's not that out of the idea that it was... It, that the, it, the military would, would hide the files for a little while. And again, uh, we got all those files in time. Me personally, I, I lean more towards military tests than anything else. Because it seems to fit. But there's still some... there's. It's crazy that even the most believable theory still has holes in it. And it's just like, well, if it was this, why doesn't all their gear have radi- uh, radiation on them and all this other nonsense? I... I uh, am really
1: disturbed by this. It really seems like something weird happened.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Now you get why I'm on this crazy train. Because <laughs> this is fascinating. It is. Because there's so much with this story that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And every time you introduce a new theory of what could have happened, it doesn't fit everything that This happened. reminds me so much of that
1: video series that you were showing me the other day, Mathis, I think, about the like ship's captain... Or, like, the guy who was, like, in the boat, and he, like, just lived? Did you... Did, were, you were you the oh. one who showed me that? No, you actually showed me I that. did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's a lot... We're, we're always exchanging weird stuff, but, like, if you ever have... Ch- I, I don't remember what the hell those were called, but they're, like, on Vimeo. It's, like, some weird... It almost looks like it's fake. It almost looks like it's, like a like, an art project, but they're so... They're so interesting. I'm trying to find... I have zero likes and no viewing history on my phone app. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I'll I'll figure it out. But it was like this guy who was like at sea in a boat and he like survived for like several weeks on like four days rations. And then he just like looked like he was getting sick. And then he like jumped off the boat. This just seems like there's one element of this that we're never going to learn about that explains it like some outside force like – whether it be an avalanche or a monster or the government or whatever it is that is just, like, going to keep us from knowing exactly what happened.
2: And it's so frustrating. Well, do you want to uh, get really messed up? Can I mess Please, you up? Please, mess me the fuck do up. It. Mess him up. Mess, mess him, me him right up. up. I can take it. All right. So, one of the climbers, Zenata Zenada? Zenada? Zenyatta? Alexvina Kolmogorova. Can you uh-huh.
0: see why I didn't? Really, I left the names for the most part out of my notes. Yeah. Oh, I found
1: it. It's the forbidden Z- files. It's the forbidden files, guys. I found it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Look for that on
2: Vimeo. Um. So, she kept a journal, as many of them did, but mm-hmm. her journal is like crazy pants. You ready for this? Yeah. Twenty mm. seventh January nineteen fifty nine. We've commenced our march towards Autor- Autorten. Weather is good, spirits are high. I can smell success in the air. Twenty eighth January nineteen fifty nine. This is just like the highlights of things. This that is the wrote next day, right? Yes. Udain says he is unwell. Dyatlov expedition leader has convinced him to carry on, but he is slowing the group. He is very pale and seems jittery. Haven't spoken to him since the morning, but uh, Dorshenko. Dorshenko tells me he's worried about Udin. Udin is getting worse. He has fainted twice and keeps regurgitating. The team is worried about him drinking too much of our water. Dyatlov is quiet. He seems frustrated. Is this Yuri? Uh, Udain has turned back. Yep. He's shaken us up. He fainted again. And when he came to, he was talking gibberish. He started saying, you're doomed. And Igor Dyatlov is going to kill you all. Dyatlov packed some more food for Udain and told him to go back. Before he left, he shouted, you're all goners.
0: Udain is his last name. It's Yuri, It's specifically, but just for the pe- for viewers, it's the Yuri I was talking about
2: earlier. On the 1st of February, 1959, we've reached the Mountain Pass. Jetlove reckons we'll reach Or-Torten in less than 10 days. That's where they were the going.
0: W- that was their
2: end goal. The weather is worsening. The snowstorm started in the distance this morning, and the wind has blown up on top of us. Visibility is reduced. Jetlove is insisting we carry on to the pass. We are one and a half miles into the pass and visibility is at a minimum. We have gone off course. We are far too west. We have decided to make camp on the mountain slope and wait for the blizzard to pass. It is nighttime and I'm fearful of some of my group. Earlier, Semyon was trying to light a fire inside the tent and Rustem kept looking behind him shouting, Stop following us. What? February 2nd, 1959. There were lights in the sky last night. They were so bright that we could see them through the clouds and snow. Koletov thought he was hallucinating and started drinking some water, fearing that he might be dehydrated. But we all saw the lights. It was very odd. It almost seemed like street lanterns just floating in the sky. What the fuck? Uh, Diyalov reckons that we'll have to stay another night. When he told us, Rustem started to cry. He's been off and on all morning, and we are very worried. His sickness is not unlike Yudin's. We think he's developing a fever, which wouldn't be good for our supplies. We left to stash of supplies a few miles behind for the return journey, but to turn back and retrieve them would jeopardize the entire endeavor. Huh. Uh, it is almost pitch black because no, no sun can make it through the snowstorm. There are strange noises coming from the blizzard. Sounds like humming. When it started, it sounded like someone was in pain, but if you listen closely, it sounds more like a distant train. Everyone in the group can hear it. Nikolai suggested that it's the blizzard. As it sweeps through the mountain pass, it whistles. Rustam is unconvinced. Uh, he says it's people following us. Luckily, he has fallen asleep. So that could go to the theory of the, like, the vortex, right? Yep. The infrasound. That would make them go crazy. Yep. The, the, the expedition... Carmon Vortex Street
0: is what it's called specifically.
2: What the The expedition fuck? has taken a turn for the worst. At nightfall, two of the group members disappeared. We're not sure where they've gone to. I was in my tent and I saw a very bright light. At first, I thought Semyon uh, had managed to light his fire inside the tent. But the moment I looked outside, the light had vanished. It was then that we realized that Yuri uh, uh, Krivilchenko oof, and Yuri Dorshenko had left the camp. Datlov is getting the group of us together to go out and look for the two Yuris. Rustam is in fits of laughter and has been ever since the two explorers vanished. And that's pretty much where it is. Fits ends. of yeah. laughter?
0: Again, it fits into the idea. It does fit into the idea of, of uh, infrasound insanity. It sounds in like or they or just broke, yeah. Yeah. Oh my um, God, that's horrific! It's crazy. Uh, so um, the last theory that has any shred of evidence before we get into the truly insane uh, is what's known as paradoxical undressing, which is the idea of the that the the hikers they died of hypothermia, um, but hypothermia can induce behavior known as paradoxical undressing, uh, which is the hypothermic subjects starts believing that they are burning warm oh, yeah. so they start removing their clothing and da 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 da. da. and uh, it is again six of the nine hikers you know according to the doctors did die of hypothermia but that does not explain the other three that seem to have the clothing of those who without who had died without their clothing and seemed to at the very least be of sane enough mind to not uh you know rip their clothes off from from hypothermia So, again, who always
1: sounds like it's almost an explanation before it's totally not an explanation. Yeah, god damn it. Pretty much.
0: So now we get into the weird shit, the shit that is literally pulled. I don't want to say from thin air, but obviously the insane stuff that comes from uh, just like popular folklore explanations. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. And the first one is the Yeti uh, description that there is a a Yeti um, that that was tracking them through through the snow and that the the noises that they were hearing through the blizzard that jesse was talking about in the journal was actually coming from these creatures that had been tracking them and following them uh and that they were attacked or either got close enough that they they realized there's something out there and they cut their way out of the tent to even escape what these things uh, these things were. It also talks the idea that the internal injuries that they sustained come from the yeti because the yeti had what like superhuman strength that would have you know at the punch Just or a crush their chest um, or whatever. Yeah, would have crushed their chests and and cracked their skulls from being thrown against a tree or or cracked or kicked or punched from from these creatures. Uh, and there is a very specific type of yeti that is like common folklore out there that also has uh, backwards feet apparently. And the backwards feet would make it nearly impossible to track in any way. Uh, so any any tracks that it would have left, if they were found by the rescuers, would have made no sense to them. And uh, it would have been nearly impossible like for if, them like to track. Like if it's
1: walking forward, it looks like a person walking backwards. It looks
0: like it's walking backwards. Yes, exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's what insane. an insane it's creature insanity. to exist. Yeah, uh, more or less. Um, the other there's the other theory that of course that they were attacked by the native people that they never heeded their warnings that they walked upon sacred ground and that uh, they were killed for their for, for not heeding their warnings but again can
2: we, can we take a time out
0: for a minute hold yeah. on hold on hold
2: on <laughs> let's go back to the backwards walking thing. <laughs> why in nature would that exist just well, to yeah, spell this so humans so can't catch on well that's what I'm saying evolutionarily Everything tracks by scent, except for humans, because we track by like looking at the ground, and we use like different senses to track. Only this would only affect humans. So in this weird, crazy world, this beast exists only to mess with us. Yeah, That's <laughs> yeah almost yeah. as if he no. was. It created. literally designed his feet just to screw almost with humans. Almost as if he was
1: created <laughs> by an extraterrestrial, oh, just shit. to trick us, to hunt yeah, men?
0: dude. Dude, the predator. Dude, the predator. You, are, you are, you are, you are, you are, treading dangerous ground because there is theories that their their Yetis are created by aliens as a hybrid experiment gone Get wrong, the fuck out and of they've self propagated after they are. Why p- they gotta, on the gotta be Earth. gone wrong? Why <laughs> they gotta be gone wrong? Because of course they're gone wrong. Because if they have gone right, they wouldn't be They wouldn't be on look the Earth. like Yetis. Yeah, they'd look like us. And they wouldn't look. there. they wouldn't look like Yetis. Oh, don't. What if were the experiment gone? Your hashtag gone right? on Well, this? that's. There's also the. There's also the theory that Earth is just a, a an alien zoo. Where oh, they space just, zoo, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's another good one, of course. Uh, all right, we're not going we're not going that deep down the alien hole. I am I am still reading a book right now space on space zoo for, for a future alien episode. Um, man. Uh, but yeah, the yeti theory again. It's one of those like it's a yeti, but the evidence to suggest that a yeti really doesn't exist. But maybe. Um, Another theory is the alien theory and that the orange orbs in the sky were not military tests or parachute mines being tested by the uh, Soviet military at that point in time, but they were alien UFOs. And what was happening was that the uh, hikers were, um, the, the humming and all that stuff was coming from the the ufos and that's interesting because in other ufo abduction scenarios uh, around the world alien uh, ufos uh, typically are preceded by and uh, and have a humming associated with them um most alien ufos when they are seen uh aren't very loud but they do have a baseline hum that goes along with it so the humming as well as the orange orbs in the sky which is also something that a lot of people see when they are getting abducted by aliens uh are that of uh ufos and 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 uh aliens coming to abduct them however why the aliens didn't abduct them and and keep them safe who knows one of the theories is that they uh were causing basically the hikers were causing too much trouble they were they were not worth abducting because they had panicked and ran into the wild and that any any attempt to stop them from doing that would have given away that they were being abducted. Uh, or the abduction process themselves that, that went completely crazy. Or the aliens were experimenting on these hikers and trying out a new psychological weapon on them, causing them to go crazy. And because they were in the middle of nowhere, the aliens felt emboldened to tr- test these things out without really any... Uh, blowback from any government that they may or may not be working with uh, or trying to hide from, uh, or that they were actually abducted, experimented on on the UFO, put back down onto onto the onto Earth afterward, and then they went crazy because of a mix of them being abducted and the hypothermia that they were experiencing in the cold weather and um, potentially even infrasound. What type of aliens? Were they the grays, the tall whites, the, the reptilians? Nobody fucking knows because... There's no evidence that it was actually aliens, <laughs> but the orange orbs in the sky and the humming sure sounds like it. aliens. Yep, of course, right? That's that's uh, as alien as as maybe it's yeah. like maybe uh, it's, it's like alien
1: the- surgeon simulator where like they tried to grab them <laughs> and they were like, oh, oh fuck, we fucked them up. Just leave them. Just throw them in the ravine. Fuck it. Get out of here. <laughs> oh god, we we
0: removed, oh, eyes. Shit. We removed eyes. Just put yeah, her eyes. Removed her eyes. Yeah, they're back. all naked. Just put her in that rock, I guess. Take her clothes away. I Just smush them and that's walk fine. away. Let's go. <laughs> I will say as somebody who has read tons of UFO stories, this doesn't fit really all that well into usually all of Usually the them. aliens are very um,
1: on top of their shit and the person comes back very, very alive.
0: Yep, yeah, usually. Usually it, that's what happens. Uh, and, and through hypnotherapy, usually the people abducted just had a, a dick sucking machine placed on their wanger to get some semen out of them and eggs are scooped out of the females Type. and stuff. Honestly, <laughs> like from, from a lot of it, Yo, aliens, all I'm saying is, I'll try out your machine. You can take all of my... I just my want games. a little
1: consistency is what I'm saying. I, you know, if you guys are going to abduct people all over across history, at least, like, leave some telltale signs to let us know it's you guys.
2: The, the, <laughs> prob- the problem right now is, so I'm doing all this research trying to find out what's been going on since, right? Yeah. And okay. the problem is because of the game that came out and the cool fact lot. that there, yeah, and the fact that there are movies that have come out yep. about this as well. And, Every and there's, time...
0: a, there's a book actually that came out in 2012 as well that was written, I think, by that 12 year old kid that was at the uh, the funeral. That was high fiction, like highly, highly fiction. But a bunch of documentaries used it as as their a uh, big research point. Well, and so, that's
2: and that's one of the things when you look online. A lot of the promotional materials for the game and the movies and whatever all are passed off as. Uh, Updated information. Or, so, like, for yeah. example, I just found one that, that is. It, it's this article that talks about the terrifying mystery of, Ru- of Russia's devil's past just got scarier. I'm like, huh, I wonder what this is about. <laughs> it's from 2016. I start reading it, and basically, it's like 57 years later, a new thing is unfolding, and they found a body there, and it's up what? in the mountains, and the people that, went, that found the body have now gone missing, all this stuff. By the time you get to the end of it, it's literally. A ad for a movie about <laughs> yep, this exactly. situation.
0: Yeah, it's so muddy uh, as to what you know with all the other things out there that it's impossible to track down. Like, I definitely want to play the game any. now for sure. Col- uh, like, if you want to branch off, Colot is an okay game. <laughs> um, it's it's frustrating. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. I enjoyed it. I beat it. Uh, but there were moments through that game where I'm like, "This is an, actually a very infuriating." Isn't Sean Bean because in it? Because I'm so. Yep. Love that. He does a voiceover of the main oh. character. Did you, play, you beat, did you beat that game, Jesse? No, we've never played it. Oh, you never played Colot. Okay. Mm. Though I will say what it, what's great about that game is it's really fucking easy to get lost. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I got lost a lot of times.
2: Oh, okay. So part of this story is true. A person was just found dead in the mountain pass. So is uh, this movie like using a real news story of a dead person to advertise a movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't oh know Oh my god Because everywhere I go It's sending me to Russian websites I'm And just... all the Russian websites are translating into it Being like yeah no, I'm afraid to go on these Russian. Don't hack me <laughs> Russia i don't got nothing you don't want You don't got any scooped on any uh, political enemies No man. They, the other day I got a Russian notification On my phone saying that someone was trying to log into my PSN <laughs> account but it was all in Russia And I was like what Maybe Come they were on, just trying Russia. to install like, the new on, uh, Russia beta
0: yeah, maybe that's that's why I kind of kept most of my research from this one book for the most part, uh, and it's very, very, very well sourced as well. So um, it's worth reading if, if you're very interested in, in a bit more. However, like I, like I said earlier, the theory put forth by Donnie, uh, the basically the mini wind tornadoes, is one that is the one of the least believed ones. But in I mean, the infrasound aspect, if, yeah, just if it's makes a real thing ins- that like could
1: really do this, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Um, as far as the alien stuff, again, I kind of just rambled there for a bit, but I kind of like... It's kind of like what it is, though, all right? these, But that's exactly, as I say, like all the things that I said are actually things people have posited as actual theories, just kind of in one giant run-on sentence that I just was like throwing at you. Um, but they're, they're, again, the evidence of it being aliens is is surprisingly a little less strong than other abduction story scenarios that we have where we have video evidence and stuff like that. The monster we only have hearsay.
1: Like uh titillating
0: in this case. I I agree. I think like the Yeti or, you know, what potential like Yeti like creature uh is more interesting. For me personally though, like so those are all the the five the five or six major theories. There are other theories that it was wild animals that just attacked them and spooked them and that the howling winds of the blizzard. You know sometimes you hear the sounds and you can sometimes hear a sound under that sound. So, like, the howling winds also sounds like there's a humming underneath right. it, too. This could have been the weather. So that mixed with wild animals nearby, while they panicked and ran away, the animals kind of picked them off or uh, or ate, ate, you know, the eyes and the tongue and stuff of all yeah. of them. But it still doesn't explain the idea of, like, her being reported face down in a river, but the photo showing her up against a boulder. Unless that photo is taken from a crazy angle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, True. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's like the six major theories of what happened at the diet Pass of incidents. Unfortunately, it's a, it's, this is an episode that kind of less leaves you lingering with curiosity, but there's so fucking much out there to read that I encourage you guys to go check it out yourself. Do your own research, read some books. The book's, book's called a uh, dead this mountain is one of those things, again, right? Dead, uh, the actual book is dead mountain. The untold true story of the diet Pass incidents by Donnie. I Damn, think. I got to check that out. It's a great book. It's not that hard to read either. It's only a couple hundred pages, maybe yeah, three. I'll yeah, smash three. that. Yeah, you could get through that in a couple of days if, uh, if you're a fast reader. Um, but there's just so much to this, this, this whole case that even for someone like Jesse, who is a massive skeptic, you're left curious because you don't know. Yeah, it's,
1: fascinating. Fascinating. it's, it's I'm, fascinating. I'm dying yeah, to find it, that it's... one case that's just going to be like, Jesse says
2: aliens are real. Uh, it, good luck. It would literally take me seeing the aliens, and even then, I'd be like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm high. Maybe right now, log <laughs> out your own self before
1: you believe the aliens were real.
2: Yeah, I'd have to have an actual conversation with aliens in order to believe they were real. And if they start talking English, I'd be like, fake. What about it's a, a four-hour
1: conversation with a re- reptilian? <laughs>
2: if if a reptilian talked, <laughs> but to only four only hours? through yes, text to speech, only, text-to-speech. Text-to-speech. only <laughs> through text to speech. <laughs> I I I mean, it depends on how much they hit on me, but I probably yeah. believe it. I mean, it, the, basically, the way to to convince Jesse is the harder
0: you hit on him, the more believable. We just it need is. to build
2: a yeah. The more the more you hit on me, if you're a, aliens out there, the more you try to seduce me, the more likely I'm to believe. We that just you're need real.
1: to put smarter child in a in a mannequin with text to speech, and then we'll make Jesse
0: a mm-hmm. believer. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Ah, <sighs> well. That's the Love Pass incident. I, I wish I could end it with like a nice, clean bow, but that's the point of the story. There is no clean bow that's, here. That's what, know, what makes that's it so good. That's why great. Yeah, it's fantastic, and it was it was really fun to dive into something that has such an air of mystery about it. You know. Um, so that's that's it. Okay, I ask you two because I already said I fully. I don't want to say it fully, but I lean towards military explanation. If the two of you had to choose a reason that has happened, what do you two? personally lean towards
1: i think it was mental i
0: you think it was like the infrasound i think, yeah,
1: I think if there was any outside factor it's probably something like infrasound and if there wasn't an outside factor it was definitely just like extreme conditions causing some people to kind of have a psychotic break that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me and it makes sense like from her diary i don't know about the lights i don't know i don't know what to say about the lights that
0: might just be also too like, there's nothing saying that it wasn't a mix of two different theories happening. Like, they could well, have been doing military tests and the, the the weather ended up creating these infrasound vortexes that fucked you're right. their
2: minds. Yeah, Who in knows? my mind, I've always thought it was a mix of the theories and that it mm-hmm. was the entire time they're being bombarded by these, these, these sound waves that are just messing with them, right? They're going yeah. through this pass. The wind and this vortex of just noise... Is screwing them up to the point where one guy had to leave early. He was right? just like, fuck yep. so, this guys, my knee hurts, I'm out. So like the the <laughs> yeah. entire time, this dude is. Uh, uh, he pieces out, but the rest of them keep going, even though they're suffering from this mental stress. I'd like to believe because uh, glowing the glowing orbs and stuff, isn't there. I, I'd have to get more in depth another time on this, but isn't there the theory that. It has to do with the Earth itself, like uh, before earthquakes. Like a magnetic beam, shot notice or the middle of
1: the Earth and made them go insane.
2: Well, it's not, a... It, <laughs> no, <laughs> but like, but like people notice that there's before earthquakes, for example, there's always something like people start seeing orbs, or and it might just be us. It might just be people, right? Our own bodies see things, right? right? Yeah, it yep. might not actually be there. It just could be but us they all seeing it. saw it, it. and. Well that's what I'm saying. So there's a combination that maybe the reason why they were panicked is because they had there's there's the possibility that they had prepped to sleep where they slept and they believed there was no avalanche, but maybe the bombings, right? The military experiments, mm-hmm. maybe the like an earthquake, maybe something happened where they started seeing shit as well. And they feared an avalanche might come where they did not expect one, which is why they panicked. Just had to move. Yeah. Yeah. And so because they were so panicked, because they were always stressed. Like, there's the possibility that all of these things could have played a factor. And then a yeti ate that girl's face. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? He was like, ooh. Who knows? Well, look what we have here.
0: If you want to look at the last uh, picture taken, the last exposure, uh, you can look up the the last exposure on G, uh, G, Gregory's or Georgie's. It's not really Gregory, but, you know, Russian Gregory's camera. Just look it up. All it is is like a weird light in the middle of the darkness. That's all it is. Um, but it's worth checking out. Yeah, too. there's
1: some pretty there's some pretty crazy pics on here, too. Like there's this one where there's like a guy far away that some people think is like the beast oh, really? yeah. stalking them or something. It's all kinds of shit.
0: Yeah, there's some there's some weird stuff out there, man. Um, but you let us know what you think is the actual reason in the comments, because I want to know. But that's it. That's episode 11 of Chiluminati, boys. Yeah. Uh, it's done. That uh, that was probably one of my favorite, just kind of like, it was one of my favorite episodes, but it's one of my favorite mystery episodes, I think, we, we've we done, too, from, from starting this thing. That was a I lot can... of fun. I've been really excited to talk about this for a while. Yeah, man. So.
1: I'm still chasing that I'm still that chasing that crazy ass story that nobody's heard before. I'm still trying to like pull one out of the weeds that that nobody thinks about that much. <laughs> well yeah. We'll
0: find one. I mean, we're going to be doing this for the foreseeable yeah, future. I'm on that hunt. I'm just um, saying I, Yeah, I mean, so am I. I. I think my my untold stories are going to come from the alien side of things specifically. Um, but I, I'm excited to eventually tackle those as well. Uh, as always, you know, we'll go through our usual shilling. Thank you guys a ton for the support on this podcast. You guys uh, you guys seem endlessly excited for it. And uh, we're really excited to keep pr- producing these for you. Uh, if you guys, whatever podcast app you listen on, make sure you rate us. Uh, if you particularly love us, a five-star rating would be ideal. Buy that goddamn um, we, shirt. We, we love doing this. Yeah, buy the shirt. Yeti.com, you can search Chiluminati, it's uh, it's right there, it's such a cool goddamn shirt. We've got so many pictures of people who got their shirts already, and the shirts just look dope, so go get one. It looks awesome, and we're going to look at getting some other kind of content, other type of apparel up there for you as well in the future. Um, thank you guys for, for listening as always. If you want to tweet at us, you can do so at Chiluminati pod. We have a subreddit as well, where all kinds of crazy stories goes up. It's also Chiluminati pod. If you want to tweet at us personally, Jesse Cox for Jesse, Faciane A for Alex and Mathis games for myself. you can just let us know, uh, what you guys think of the podcast or this particular episode. Uh, and, uh, we will see you hopefully in a couple of weeks with a brand new one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.